two where there's a will there's a burn and wait for episode 11 uh, i hope everyone's had a good week as always uh, i'm back this week with another guest i was extremely grateful for phil mason's contributions last week and this week i've got former wanderers keeper harry campbell joining me to talk all things wanderers and his career in general there will be the usual weekly news following this chat uh, with Harry, so if you want to listen to that, then do stick around until the end for that. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys this week's episode and chat with special guest Harry Campbell. Harry, thanks very much for joining me this afternoon. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, how, how are you getting on? No, I'm getting on, bril- getting on brilliant, mate. It's good to be here. Um, good to be good to be speaking with you again. Um, yeah, obviously invited you on for, for us to talk about your time at Bolton Wanderers and uh, your professional footballer in general. Um, you're obviously a goalkeeper at the club between 2013, uh, kind of 2014, up until about 2016, uh, having previously come through the ranks at Blackburn, which is, is kind of when we uh, when we first knew of each other to an extent, having uh, having gone to school together at Queggs. Um, let's start from the beginning. Kind of, how did the whole journey sort of come about? It's not something we've really spoken about before, and you know, I, I take it you were possibly even picked up as a scout playing for Quags, uh, you know, on a Saturday morning down at Lamech or, or possibly elsewhere. I could be completely wrong, but I'm interested to know kind of how you became a, became a footballer as a schoolboy, really. Yeah, so it, like um, it started really early. Like um, I mean, like six years old. Um, so um, I, I would just play for my, I used to play for two, um, two Sunday league team. Well, it was kind of like a Saturday and a Sunday team when I was, a, as I say, when I was six. Uh, when I was six. And then, um, you know, I, 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 I used to play a bit of outfield. I used to, you know, like everyone just kind of does everything. Yeah, then. of course. And then, um, and then I went in net because the keeper, um, Basically, we didn't have a keeper at that uh, at that um, at that time, and my dad ran the team. And I remember him sitting me down on the way home from a session and was like, "Oh, you you know, like you were pretty good in net. I think we're going to need to go you, you to go in net um, for the foreseeable way." And I, I remember I was I was a kid, and I was you know I was pretty distraught by that because no one everyone wants to be scoring goals, <laughs> yeah. wants to be scoring goals and stuff when you're a kid. Um, and I kind of um, I took to it really well. I remember I. I I remember I used to um, score quite a lot. I used to have this big kick when I was a kid and um, and score quite a few goals. I, mean, I remember like, I used to um, get a good few man of the matches. And then I remember um, I would have been about seven and I think a Burnley scout came down, um, came, came to, I was watching the games and that. And I, he, right. uh, you don't actually sign... I don't know what it, what it is now when you're that age. We'd actually yeah, sign kind of just a, a verbal agreement type thing. Yeah, you just go and train with him, and he was like, "Do you want to come down and train with Burnley?" Um, and obviously, like, you don't sign until you're like nine years old. So I was like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, as a, as a kind of like avid boyhood uh, Blackburn Rovers supporter, like I just I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> so, so my dad contacted. Um, the, the guys over at um, Blackburn and said, listen, like, Burnley won him. He doesn't want to play for Burnley. Can he come and play for you guys? Yeah. Like, can he come and play with you guys? Whatever the deal was back then. Um, and then, yeah, like, I, I just, I, I, my, my time at Blackburn from when I was, I think I actually went, started there when I was about six and I left when I was 16. My whole time there was, um, 
you know, it, it, it was a dream, really. I was playing for the team that I supported that I still went and watched on weekends. I was getting to, you know, as I was getting older, I was starting to train with um, some of the players that I'd heard of, you know, as as kind of like a, as a fan. Um, and I, I, it just went like a breeze. Like, um, it, it sounds kind of like cocky to say, but like, uh, I, I was just... I never had to worry about getting new contracts or anything. It was always, always just seemed to given with like kind of gauging progress in terms of, yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm going to get another kind of two year contract, like um, child contract there again. Um, and just keep taking over. Like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't until yeah. I was 16 and things started to go a bit like, they got um, a Spanish lad in who's actually playing in the championship now uh, for Brentford, David oh, right. Ryan. Oh yeah, 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 right, David Ryan, and I like I remember thinking like it was the first time that things had started to you know like hot, like it wasn't as harmonious as it had been for the last yeah, ten years. Um, I remember like my dad was because I was kind of naive. I was thinking, oh, you know, like me and him can go and get a scholarship at Blackburn, like kind of thing. But like things like my dad, you know, my dad wasn't really seeing it like that. Like I wasn't playing as much and stuff, so we called a meeting and then you know I. Like, after after a few months of kind of like pushing them for a decision, they said like, um, you know, uh, it, we're not, we're not going to take you on. Or, and obviously, like as a, as a kid who only ever known, only ever known Blackburn and Rollins yeah. my life, like that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I remember, like it was it was um, it was a tough one to take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, like not long after. Um, and I mean, to be fair, I can't, but just back on the white thing, I can't complain because I'd, I'd have been a bit annoyed if the guy who came in, who replaced me, it had just been like kind of a one season wonder. I mean, the guy just, off himself, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he's been rumored to go to Arsenal. So I'm not, I'm not too, um, <laughs> I'm not too pressed about that one, to be fair. But yeah, so not long after, I remember my under 15s coach. Um, I'm not sure if he played for Bolton or not, but he was working at, um, Blackman at the time, and he, I think he might still do a bit for Bolton now. I'm not sure, but Phil Mickelson. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I know the name. Yeah, um, he was my under 15s coach, and I remember I think he'd just gone over to Bolton and was like, you know, like recommending me to Bolton. And I went, so I went over to Bolton for a trial. I think I did six weeks trial there. Yeah. And like, I remember I was just over the moon because um, Jimmy Phillips pulled, pulled me into his office and just said, uh, with my dad, you know, like, um, like you're going to spend your scholarship time at, at Bolton. I remember, like, that was, like, because it was so soon after getting released from Blackburn. Like, I remember that was a, that was a really good, um, a really, really good time in life. Um, and then... It must have been a bit of a, a, a weird thing to kind of, you know, go from Blackburn, having been there for 10 years, kind of just not dropped as such, but kind of just had that thing disappear and then thinking... Oh god, where do I go from here? And then to at least have been, you know, picked up by Bolton, that must have been a really good uh, confidence booster for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, we I remember we played um, Blackburn not long after, and that that was surreal, you know, playing against yeah. against Blackburn. Um, I bet you didn't know what to do, did you? Do I just let some in or? Yeah. Well, we won as well, and it, I remember it was just like the best feeling ever because it was like. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm not one to all grudges, but it it was. Um, I was a bit kind of sour how it had all kind of gone there, and it was. I was on the moon to like uh, playing in the win, and plus a lot of my friends were still there as well. So it was, 
it what it, it was a it was a good game and i mean i was i I'll, I'll, I'll never i'm i'm kind of like one of them guys that kind of believes everything's going to be and you know what i mean i yeah, don't kind of like yeah so i i i i'd never I, I i believe that you know what i mean if i if i hadn't have left Blackburn, then i wouldn't have like kind of gone on to play for as long as i did and stuff you know like cuz i got at bolton i got to work with some of the best coaches that i've ever um ever worked with in my time well they were the best coaches at different various stages the best coaches that I worked with in football Um, it it must have been tough kind of having to accept that that you know being at Blackburn being a Blackburn fan it must have been difficult to then you know think you know I I might have to carry on elsewhere it must have been a bit bit surreal for you but almost encouraging at the same time that you were wanted elsewhere um, yeah. I mean, I obviously imagine that it's a massive roller coaster of emotions to have kind of gone straight into like what everyone's dream profession is really as a kid. You know, certainly mine anyway. That the, you know, obviously you took the opportunity with with both hands, keep upon like entirely intended. <laughs> um, but <laughs> obviously, then you've then uh, you've then had your fair share of years. Then, like you say, coming through the the ranks at Bolton under 18s under twenty one level. Um, you know, in an academy which really at the time was was one of the best around, and I think you know the club were obviously looking to to return it to its former glory now. But in those years, from your perspective, as you were saying, some of the best coaches you've ever had, presumably under David Lee and Jimmy Phillips and what have you. But how was that generally as a, as an experience? That um, I remember um, going in there, and I remember the first year as an under 17 to like the last year of an under 18, the shift of kind of, I don't know how to kind of put it, but like the shift of you, you went in feeling like, you know, like it was the first year we were just relegated and stuff. So we, we were in essence, still a prem team. I remember that year we just missed out on like the playoffs. I'm, I'm talking about the first team. Um, so like you went in there and you felt like you were part of, still a huge club and don't get me wrong obviously it was a huge club but it was like oh we're just going to bounce back and it wasn't until like after the second season that you, you know like when all the rumours started to come out about the, yeah, the pay and all that kind of stuff you you, you thought oh, like what's, what's going on here but like mm. in terms of the coaching it was spot on I bet wasn't it, it, it at it that was level absolutely like at all different stages one of my um, goalkeeper coaches um, called Sam Meek, uh, who's went on to Birmingham from Bolton, and now I think he's right. with the England setup uh, in some regard. He was a, an amazing coach. Uh, Lee Turner, um, yep. uh, who was under Dougie uh, Friedman, yeah, of he was just as outstanding. Uh, I like those two guys. I don't think I'd have made it anywhere near as far. I mean, I'm not saying I had a, a mental career, but like you know, I wouldn't have made oh, it anywhere near as far as I did. You wouldn't have uh, got those two. So where you are. Um, you, you yeah, and I'll tell you who who really. I mean, he was only there for. Sorry, mate. I, what did you say? Then? No, I just said obviously your coaching staff is massively important in getting you those steps, and especially when you know, like you said, you've got that stuff going on in the background that you know we'll come on to in it in a little bit. It's important yeah. that you've got those coaches to kind of just keep you focused on your football and and kind of take your attention away from those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, and I remember the the, the one guy who was fantastic. He only had a short stint at the at the club was Sammy Lee. He was to like kind of get to work with such a, a huge name in the game who like he'd as I say he'd worked with so many big names but you just didn't get that sense at all. Like he completely threw away that kind of 
you know, like some people can come with egos, or oh, I've worked with other, well, you know, I've worked with all these big first teams, but he just didn't, and he was brilliant. Yeah. Like, his training sessions, I've never trained with anyone who showed such enthusiasm and kind of like they like they enjoyed it just as much as you were enjoying it. Sometimes the coaches can seem a bit like, obviously they want you to get better and they're there, like they don't want to go on. But like, like Samuel, I remember would be like running around the pitch. He'd be like screaming, shouting, like laughing. You know, like, I remember it was just a good time to be at the club with like, with with that core of coaches. Yeah. Um, it was a really, really good time. And I know uh, Samuel, obviously I, you know, he was under, under Sam Allardyce before that. So obviously he was yeah. held in massively yeah. high regard. And I think yeah. he was a manager for a period when, when Sam left to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure yeah. he, he knew what it took to kind of keep, especially the, the younger players, part of it and, and enjoying what they do, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for but sure. They, they had a lot of faith in you and, and kind of trusted you and, and rated you enough to promote you through the ranks. And, and then obviously you broke through into the first team. I mean, yeah. how, how did that come about? Were you recommended? Were you handpicked? You know, what, well, what's the process, really? Well, as, a, as a goalkeeper, you kind of... Uh, I, I, I don't want to kind of... Play down, play down my like, achievement, but like you kind of get a little free ticket to kind of train with the first team a lot because, like, I mean, I wasn't care, I didn't care. I was like 17 and training with some like outstanding players, you know, like <laughs> that we had at that time. But you kind of get that free ticket to go and train with them because if they need a keeper for, for um, well, like, I don't know, a, shoot, a shooting drill, and Andy, because obviously, what you know, when you've got two season pros like Andy Lonergan and Adam Bogdan in and they don't want to you know they want to preserve themselves for the weekend or whatever cool. you know it's a great opportunity to for me to come up so I'd get the call from um, uh, Lee Turner or whatever oh we need you up at Exton um, this morning and that I mean that ended up being like almost like you know four, four uh, yeah like I'd say 90% of my week was actually spent at Exton as a wow. as a 70 as an 18 year old and like the confidence that gives you, kind of training with those like like huge names, like at, when you at that age, is, and then is, it's just like oh no pressure. Just by the way, you've been thrown in with the first team. Like no. yeah, <laughs> you're I mean, seventeen. You're used to training with <laughs> kind of lad your age, but no pressure. You're just gonna have shots fired at you for the rest. Yeah, of the I mean the, the the shooting the shooting drills aren't that bad, but obviously you're you know like it's a chance to impress at the end of the day. So there is a bit of pressure. It's when you get thrown into the small sided games. Um, and you realise that yeah, you're not like you're not playing with um, eighteen-year-olds anymore that are just finding their way in the game. You're playing with guys that have played in the Premier League. You're playing with guys that have played in the Champions League or whatever. And you know, like some insane players who expect those standards to be their standards to be upheld, upheld, and from a you know from a eighteen-year-old kid who's um, not not done anywhere near what they've done in the um, career, but it, it, it really kind of uh, it, it, it makes you grow as a person and as a player so fast to be to be um, to be thrown in like that. I mean, it's definitely um, not a free ticket. I wouldn't say you know you, you've earned the right to be there at the end of the day. Yeah, you definitely. Be there definitely. And then to to be in that environment as well, I bet that's just beneficial yeah. no end for you as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I always say, and I mean, this is no disrespect to. Um, Adam Bogdan at all because he was an amazing keeper. But Andy Lonergan technically was without a doubt the best keeper that I ever played with. He was like to learn from him, the way that he helped me learn and would give me tips and stuff, like again, is 
kind of like another point in my career that I think that as well as the coaching, to, to have it come from him and, you know, the, the just kind of what he'd achieved as well and, and, and a lot of the stuff that, that he told me I took forward and helped me out so much, like just training with those bigger guys, you know, like yeah. I learned so much as well. It was, it was such a good experience. Um, and then as, obviously as you get better with them, then, you know, like as an 18-year-old, you play, you, you start playing your, um, your first few reserve games and stuff like that. And then, you know, like you, you just, it all, it's like a, you know, it's a domino effect. And the, the yeah, it kind of all uh, rolls into one and then you yeah, kind of start picking uh, up and you just, thinking it might happen, eh? Yeah, you just grow. You just grow and grow and grow as a, um, as a, um, as a player. Yeah. Uh, and and, and it, it's, a, it's a, if you get on the right side of it, like I luckily did, then, you know, it's it's a good system to be. Like, it's, well, it was a great system to be in. Um, and I didn't realise that you were kind of in there from seventeen because I thought it would just be. You know, you're getting called up to, to the first team kind of as under twenty one, but from such yeah. an age, it's it, mad, it, really. As I say, um, there's there's a lot. You know, like as an eighteen year old, uh, or like as an sorry, I'll, I'll put it as a, as a youth team player. Mm. Um, there's a lot of opportunity if you're doing well in the 18s and that's being recognised with the first team staff because the first team staff pay attention to the 18s just as much as they do their own team. Yeah, they might not be there in, in person, but like, you know, just know that they're always liaising with the under-21s coach who's always watching the eight. You know, the, 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 the chain is always there. And if it's you always going on. on. So they yeah, know what's get, going on. Yeah, you'll get noticed. Um, so, yeah, like that... that um, I would, along with, basically, it's, yeah. You as a YouTube player, you're just gonna get thrown in, thrown in there. Yeah. When, when say if there's a there's a few first team lads that have played on the Saturday that maybe need, you know, because a few of the um, the older pros need that extra day or whatever just to recover. Yeah, you know, to bring a few of the youth team boys up. Say if the twenty ones have got a game, so mm. like that's when that's when I used to get the opportunities. There's a, there's always opportunity there. You know, when you're um, yeah. Unless you've, unless I mean, I've heard some like kind of stories where you know, like the the first team managers don't want it, the first team the youth team anywhere near it. But no, it, I think that's an old fashioned look on it. But I know yeah. that those coaches in particular were quite, you know, they encouraged that almost because I know they obviously had the likes of Jamie Thomas and Alex Amzader, and they pushed them all towards the first team. And you know, the yeah. fans got really hopeful around it. And I think it was entirely the right move because without that you were going to get stuck with the older pros who, you know, were either going to retire or move on and you'd be left with nothing without knowing what really had coming through the ranks. And yeah. I think that's kind of why the, the academy's held in such high regard, really. Yeah, without a doubt. I but, mean, uh, you, had, you had guys like Rob and Zach coming through who were like, I mean, those guys just kind of, they just, every, every kind of, you know, like they were playing 18s as a 16, they were playing 21s as an 18, you know, like they just, you're a step up every time, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there, there was so many other talented guys that could have, that, that like you know, almost could have and should have come through. They're just, you know, in a big club like Bolton, the, the, there's just not the space for everyone to come through. You know, like as they would do maybe these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, Zach and um, Rob were just kind of, you know, two two of many kind of good players. And, yeah. Um, no, it, it was a really good time around the club. I, mean, I think I'm right in saying Neil Lennon was in charge at the time. And, you know, I thought you might have also caught the back end of the Freeman reign as you did. You know, I wasn't sure whether you managed to narrowly escape that or no. not, but it doesn't sound like you did. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, I'm not sure whether you whether you had narrowly managed to escape that that kind of a period, but it sounds like you did get get caught yeah. on Freeman. But you know, to be in, in in Neil Lennon's plans, especially that must have been you know quite something for you. You know, what yeah, was I mean, it like yeah. with you both, kind of individually and, and the team as a whole? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I caught the I was with um, the Freeman of like what seemed like a long, long time. That's probably the era that I remember the most of my time at Bolton. And then obviously um, the London era was, you know, when, when things started to go sour. Um, but Lennon White kind of was the, I remember I played like in, um, it was like a testimonial game or something up at Motherwell. And yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it was a testimonial game, but like we we kind of treated it as like a first team game. And like he played me in that and he gave me a lot of opportunity. He kind of gave Bobby Mims, the goalkeeper coach, a lot of reins to kind of run the goalkeepers, how he wanted it to be run, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and Bobby rated me, and um, yeah, that, that, that I had a. I mean, I'm sure like a lot of the Bolton managers have had the critics over the years, but you know, there, there were there was um, there was a lot of positive positivity going on. The man management, let's say, of um, of them maybe wasn't 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 great, but no. um, yeah. I think Neil Lennon was arguably the best one. I think he definitely brought the feel good factor at the time anyway. Um, yeah. You've kind of already mentioned it. You know, you, you obviously made your debut then in that pre-season testimonial under him at, at Motherwell, which I'm sure was a, a massively proud moment for you. Um, just kind of talk us through that game. How did it feel, you know, walking out with the lads for the first time and, and having that opportunity to play in, in a first-team game? Yeah, because obviously like, it, was a, it was a big... Um, you know, there's a big crowd on because I think I think it was one of the, one of their like legends. So there's you know there's a good it was the first time I played in such a big crowd. I remember my dad had um, dad had come up and I remember he was just kind of like in disbelief. You know, like he, my dad kind of um, doesn't take much humble and he, he he was like kind of I remember his words after like he just couldn't believe it that I was like kicking the ball to Emil Heskey. He, always, he still reminds me of that to this day. Um, but it, it was um, it was brilliant, and I remember like so every manager does it differently. But I remember there was um, uh, you, you basically you don't know if you're playing it, you don't a lot. Hotel before the game, and you're thinking, I, I, you know, like, I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just here just to be on the bench, kind of thing. And, so did you literally and, find out kind of whilst you were at the stadium, like in the, in the dressing yeah, room? Yeah, so like, they've, they've got this big, they, they have this big kind of paper like. Whiteboard, whiteboard, yeah. Whiteboard. It's a paper, it's paper like pencil whiteboard, really. And they would kind of reveal the team, and you know, you see Campbell at the top, and it's that, I, I, like that, you know, yeah. Then it's like, well, this is, you know, it's goal time. Yeah, um, yeah. That I remember that 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 was a that was a good period because um, I remember we um, we we we, did, we won some uh, cup with the reserve team as well. I think we beat like City in the final, the Manchester Senior Cup or something like that. So that was a good period. Yeah, but um, well, what I mean, yeah. would you have perhaps preferred kind of more pre warning on that, or were you kind of just taken by the you know, by uh, the fight or flight type? Yeah, I th- I'd rather that to be fair because I mean, I'm a I don't know, sometimes I tend to overthink things, so um, you know, like you'd, you'd be sat in your hotel room the night before thinking, Oh, I hope it goes well, you know what I mean? You'd, yeah, you'd, you'd know, like, so, you don't want that extra pressure, do you? Because I know you um, hear the stories of you know, managers coming putting their arm around them in training and going, Right, you're starting tomorrow, and then. You know, you're overthinking it massively, so I, I think yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely rather it. How, sorry, rather it been like, like it was definitely yeah, massively. There was obviously some big characters in that dressing room, like you say, Emil Heskey. Um, you know, can you recall any standout moments from being in there with the lads and any funny, funny moments in particular? Um, 
Not not in particular. I just remember kind of like, you know, just kind of pinching. Him and that lot were quite a good laugh. I think there was a bit of a click going on there with him and Weezer and what have you. They seem oh, to be yeah. the group. Yeah, but those those are kind of like hard to get, get yourself into when it's like the older boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to kind of you've got to kind of um, do your time as as the youngster, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kind of. Uh, yeah, just kind of get by like that. But I, I remember like just, um, you know, being like that Heidegger Johnson and things like that. I'm thinking this guy's, you know. He must have uh, just been surreal more than anything to be surrounded by players like that. Yeah. And some like, too many kind of like big moments to actually pick out one, if you know what I mean. You know, like uh, in terms of like isolating a particular moment. Yeah, but I mean, you you were at least kept around the first team for the for the rest of that season, really, be it on on the bench or at least in the match day squad. I mean, how much yeah. did those first team experiences benefit you, both kind of as a, as an individual and as a player? Because although I'm sure you know you must have ultimately felt like you want to be you wanted to be playing, um, I suppose you've also just got to be grateful for the opportunity at the end of the day. Yeah, without a doubt, and I mean, they did my CV no harm whatsoever. Yeah. Um, with the racking up a number of bench appearances. And I, I remember towards the end, once Neil Lennon had, had, had gone and Jimmy took over, I remember we played, I think, at Bristol away and we got absolutely slaughtered. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. That, that, that was a tough game. But I remember, like, leading up to that game, it was like Jimmy had just come in and stuff. I remember, like, all the first-team boys, because um, obviously, like, you just... You know, you just keep yourself to the self kind of thing. I remember all the first team boys were coming up to me saying, like, uh, um, you know, like, all right, you'll be playing this one. You know, like, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. the academy manager who rates you and stuff. And, uh, and uh, yeah, like, I, I would, that was one of them where you kind of go into it thinking, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to play this one kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't, but, um, yeah. For obviously, I'm, I'm sure Jimmy either wanted to protect me or, you know, I like protect some of the younger boys from um, being thrown into the first championship game. No, uh, but it, it, it's at least good to to feel as if you were being considered to an extent, you know, even though yeah. you're thinking of, of your best intentions. Oh, without um, a doubt. And I mean, I'm sure you'd love to have players, but like, you know, when we were bottom of the league, I went from the point of drift and uh, yeah. on the back end of a few kind of drubbings, it, it probably wouldn't have been constructive. No, it's a shame. Old. It's a shame knowing that that's not your. You know, you've not done anything to deserve that. It's just the the kind of circumstances surrounding it that have kind of prevented you from playing almost. And you know, I'm sure at that point, yeah. the desire to kind of play first team football outweighs the the novelty of just being around the team. Which I mean, were you frustrated at all by by the selections? Or you know, I know at that stage you must be thinking about how important game time is and and kind of whether you can get it elsewhere. Well. Yeah, I mean, I'm never, I don't know, I'm never one to kind of like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite like a humble person, if you know what I mean. So I just like yeah. appreciated every moment I was there. And maybe that was, I should, maybe I should have been, I don't, I don't want to say more hungry because obviously I was hungry, but it was kind of like, I was just like, I was just loving my time, you know what I mean? You were just happy to be there, time. <laughs> yeah, like I was, yeah, I was on the bench for a championship team at Bolton Wonders like I'm not I, I'd love to play don't get me wrong put me in coach kind of thing but like yeah. like I, I I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be one of them that throws the dummy out when they when they're not playing because I'm just you know mm-hmm. I'm just kind of grateful for just to be here kind of thing. Yeah. Um and I mean I had various um 
uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like trying to no, get, like get sympathy, but I had various kind of times throughout my career looking back where I think like, obviously I was incredibly lucky to make it as far as I did, but it's like, you know, if I just had that bit of extra look where things could have gone kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I know so many guys, I'm not going to name names, but like who are nowhere near as good a player as a, like another player that I know. Yeah, I understand who, what you're Who made it just as, who made it 10 times further in the game than they have, but they just had a look on the side and like you, you just realise like as, you, as you're going through your career, like foot, football is... They teach you that you um, oh, like hard work beats talent, all that kind of stuff. Like, but they never even tell you that like you need to have a look on it. Like, it, football's sixty percent look, forty percent talent. Yeah. Um, you, I get, but then again, I guess that's the, the the case for anything in life. But you know, like the right person watching you at the right time, the right, you know, the right manager liking you and giving you a run of games and. Like you said to begin with, you know, you, you know, Blackman wouldn't have known about you. It was Burnley who picked you up, and it was only because you went to them that they actually knew about you. It's just, exactly. it's all about kind of just being in the right place at the right time. And you know, exactly. it, it, I think your career massively did depend, especially at Bol- your time at Bolton, did depend on kind of circumstances that you couldn't control. And I know that, like you said, when you were breaking into the first team, it, it was just around then that things were starting to turn sour off the field. And yeah. you, you, were you getting kind of any inkling that things were, were going that way at that point? And, and I'm guessing that kind of contributed to you moving on shortly after. Um, I don't know, even if it was a coincidence, I'm, I'm kind of sure you look back now and, and I'm glad that you left when you did and didn't get too caught up in it all. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I can cover on that, like, um, I just, I, I remember like just kind of, I don't know. I remember we had like, you know, it was well, it was a well-known fact that we had money issues that we had to get people kind of out of the club. And I remember just walking around and training some days and thinking, we've still, we've still got guys here that had, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak bad on anyone that's done that did the deals, but we had, we had guys that weren't. Um, that had zip, um, you know, like the, the norm is that when when you get relegated, you got a relegation clause. You lose thirty percent of your money, twenty fifty percent, even some cases, even more in other cases. But like we had guys that didn't even have that; they were on prem yeah. like big prem wages in the championship. Yeah. And when we didn't, we didn't when we didn't bounce back up, it was just a recipe for disaster. I remember yeah. like being in a what, around the time that it was the first time that we didn't get paid. Um, yeah. And everyone was put the PFA kind of pulled everyone, like all the staff, all the players into a meeting mm-hmm. um, and said, like, you'll be covered. And they kind of, in, in nicer words than this, said to the like the non playing staff, you won't be covered. And I remember, like, there was a few guys behind me in the meeting and they're having like, a little giggle to themselves. How, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a right, they didn't have a, um, relegation like this was when we were at the bottom of the championship and they didn't even have a relegation clause if they went even lower so wow. they, like half of the players were I don't know they weren't even fussed you know oh. that the, the, they kind of weren't getting paid because they knew they'd get it at, at this at the at, um, at some at some at some level um, and I, I things just started to go south. I remember arguments kind of in, in the in, in the dressing room between it's just not what you need, is it? You know, it's not an uh, environment you want to be in, especially still being so young as well. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't nice. 
um, like, you know, hearing some of the, um, you know, the, the, the bigger, the, the more established first team players arguing with the manager saying, you know, like, cause obviously I was actually not that bad because the PFA covered anyone that was under like, a certain threshold. So like all the, right, all right. the young, all the young pros were good. Um, all the ones that were the issue. Weren't. And I think there's like some clause in contracts where if you don't get paid for like, I think it's like two months, three months back to back, you right. can like scot free. Like you, there's no, nothing, you're like legally allowed to just leave and one find another team. And I remember like there was like a few people that had kind of put in that request and stuff. And, and they didn't know this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the manager was like out in them and, and dressing room talks after games and stuff. And it was just, it was just getting toxic, you know what I mean? And then yeah. kind of towards the end of that season, I remember Bobby Mims um, pulled me aside and said, listen, like, I don't think anyone's job's safe at the minute. No. I don't even think my job's safe. But I'm like... I'm, was he kind of just saying you need to get yourself out of there? No, to be fair, he was actually saying, you'll get something, don't worry. Right, okay. Like, he, was, he said to me, like, um, like we're going to go th- forward with two keepers next year. You're going to be like number two like you'll be you'll be fine don't worry about yeah. it and I remember going into the summer like there was a lot like no one knew anything really I was getting a call I can't remember it was from um but it was like oh, uh you know like we're not keeping you and I remember that was that, that was a tough one to take but it was kind of like as, as you said then looking back on it yeah. kind of a blessing really that I got out of there um because I remember like remember Oscar Thralko he was yeah um, yeah yeah he's at Salford now isn't he yeah, he found out on Twitter, like, that he wasn't getting on. No one even told him, like, and he'd, right. he was, you know, like, he'd been at Bolton, what, like, miles longer than I had. He'd played however many first-team games, and it, yeah, like, there was just not a lot of sentiment there towards the end and stuff, and, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it just, as I say, looking back on it, I'm glad that I kind of left when I did, even though I had a lot of friends there. There was a lot of good people still there. Yeah. Um, you know, like, friends for life there. Um, I'm glad you still had some good people like telling you the right yeah. things and keeping your head yeah. kind of in the right place. And, you know, I'm just sorry it kind of ended the way it did. And you've kind of just answered my next question and, and you know, whether you felt that decision to leave was was more the club's choice or yours. I suppose it was kind of theirs after hearing yeah, that, you that phone call. Yeah. So obviously you, you made the you made the plunge moving to Burton in, in 2016. Um, like I said, you must have just been glad to get away from what was quickly becoming, as you said, a toxic environment and, you know, obviously you had that fresh start at Burton where it, it, I know it took you a few years to, to break into the first team and, you know, you made your full professional debut, I believe, and I think it was 2018 in the Cup against Villa. Um, some game that went on to be, I believe, you know, halfway yeah, yeah. through the game, coming on due to an injury to Steven Bywater and then saving a last-minute penalty. Just talk to me about that because as career highlights come, that must have been pretty high up on your list. Yeah, like, um, so obviously, like, yeah, the, the, the three years at... Burton that I had like uh, the the, it, the the first year I mean it was to be fair it was all spent with the first team I was just like third choice keeper if you know what I mean so I travelled yeah. again and then just do the warm up and then sit in the stand yeah. um, and as I say I was pleased to kind of stay at that championship level but I wanted to kick on then you know what I mean I wanted to um, to to progress um, so like there was you know that more the, the game against Villa. Um, was kind of like such a long time coming. It was, mm. it was like, it was so many like emotions kind of rolled into one, yeah. as well as how the kind of the, the went at the end. Um, 
I, I remember coming on and, and stuff and it was it was it was pretty crazy because obviously it's a local game and it was like um I can't remember what round it was, but anyway, it was, like, it was full, you know what I mean? It was full to the brim of fans and stuff, and yeah. the first half was decent because, yeah, we had our fans behind, and then you go down the other end and Villa, like, I don't think they could have squeezed another person if they tried. And, like, <laughs> you know, you're getting, like, dogs abuse from them, and it was, like, obviously, that was the first time that I'd... Kind it's of not something you're used to there, is it? Yeah, like, that was the first time I experienced that. Um, I, I mean, and- how did you deal with that? Just quickly before you like that must have just been a hell of an experience to be thrown into and just I mean, dogs abuse like that. Yeah, like I, it, I mean, it's 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 one kind of side that you're supposed to just kind of deal with, but it's another side that's kind of like no one teaches you how to like, deal with that, do they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like and, and I just remember thinking again, like if this guy if these guys saw me like down the shops, no, <laughs> it's just like mob mentality, you know, like. Yeah, you wouldn't say anything like to be down the shop, but um, yeah, like I, I, in terms of like in the game, there's that much. I mean, if, if it wasn't my first game, it might have been different because you might concentrate more. But there's that much adrenaline kind of pumping through you, like you're you not to blank it out almost. Yeah, you just blank everything out. You're not like aware of anything other than that ball pinging around the pitch. Yeah, and I remember the game just went ridiculously fast, um, <laughs> and then yeah, like my. It gets to like the last minute, and penalty. And I remember one of the one of our players came up to me, and um, I don't know if he knew uh, Adoma or Albert Adoma, yeah. But but like, kind of, he told me to go right. uh, Well, his right, my left. Um, I remember like just thinking, I didn't have enough time to think if this information was actually. Uh, or not, yeah. Trustable or like what, whatever, because I didn't know if he knew him or anything. So I, mean, I, I thought, I've, 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 it, I'm going, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I went that way, and it was an absolutely awful penalty. <laughs> and you know, like sometimes it's the same with shots as well. Like the 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 worse the shot, sometimes the harder it is to save because you're not expect you're expecting it to be well hit almost. Like yeah, you're programmed to make all your movements and train every day for like. A good strike, if you know what I mean. To As if everything's been hit clean, like yeah. Yeah, your footwork into the shot, like everything. Your hand handling is like, you know, you're expecting a certain pace to kind of cushion the ball with. I remember it was, you just absolutely scuffed it. It it went almost. I I, I dive past it because obviously yeah. as a keeper, you dive to one side and you dive as far as you can because you're expecting it to be in the corner and then you just cover it. I remember it kind of like, kind of it hit it was like awkward kind of. Um, Placement, it kind of like hit me on the hip, if you know what I mean. It popped back yeah. down, so I got up, and made the second save, and then, um, yeah, and then somehow the go- <laughs> somehow the ref gave a goal kick, and then oh, not long okay. after the, um, the 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 final whistle blew, and that that I mean, I'm I'm so glad that um, I mean, I played a few kind of like uh, a few games after that. None obviously could match that kind of um, that moment. Yeah. That, I bet that, it, um, it, I bet but, it was um, kind of like your worst nightmare and, and your kind of best case scenario rolled into one because, you know, it's like you've then got the game in your hands and it's either, you know, you're either the hero or you're the villain and, you know, to, to have that in your hands so early on is just, must have been an absolute whirlwind and obviously I'm, I'm sure you felt absolutely on top of the world after that and, you know, I mean, what was kind of life like at, at Burton after that? I bet you held a hero, were you? Yeah, but like this is what, like... I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to bring the conversation down like at all, but like, 
you know, like this is one of the reasons why I finished playing yeah. when I did because so I obviously I did that, played well, and then I mean, I, if I'm honest, like the whole performance, my whole performance as a whole, like wasn't squeaky clean. No. But then I played a le- the next league game, and like, I played a lot better. And then I didn't play again for like three months because they got someone else in loan. And right. It's so demoralising, like when you think you've got a chance, and then they're already looking. Yeah, I've waited my whole life for this moment. Yeah. Um, and you've actually died taking it, yeah. taking the opportunity to improve yourself, and yet they're still not, it's still not yeah. enough somehow. I've waited my whole life for this moment. The manager, Clough, pulls me into his office and says, you know, like, I got his Nigel Clough, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, you've, you've, you've played, you've done well, but we just don't think you're ready. Because I remember we had like Sunderland at home or something like that. And it, That's a big like, game, yeah. It, he, he wanted his most experienced 11 on the, he was quite old school, like one of his most experienced 11 on the pitch at all times. Yeah. And, uh, I had like two games under my belt. And with the with the long, long regulations, if you didn't have a keeper at the club, a fit keeper at the club with like over five games, you could bring another one in. So they bought another yeah. keeper on loan. And then, oh yeah, like I mean, that 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 wasn't a good. Uh, my whole time at Burton had been so good, you know, like um, mm-hmm. so like more and more well thought of. Like the manager loved me and stuff. And then, and then yeah, like it just it just seemed like you were never going to get that opportunity with him being in that mindset yeah. of always wanting an experience inside. It didn't matter kind of what you did. He, he yeah. was always gonna like look for a replacement, which is is really unfair on you. Do you know what I mean? It's, no. I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot from those couple of games, and obviously Bywater missing out. He's obviously a class old school keeper, but you know, I'm sure it, it's, it's kind of awful as this sounds. You know, it, you're almost kind of buzzing by that, and you thought you had your opportunity, and then for it to be snatched away from you is just so. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I'm, uh, you know, as I said, I've, I've, I've played two games, like. I remember, I think I played against Villa and then I played the next league game against Aki. Um, and I remember just thinking like, this is, you know, like, this is it. Like, you know, I had momentum with me. I was confident mm. and stuff. And I remember like the, the one, as we played um, uh, Aki on the Saturday, I think the one window finished on that Sunday night. I remember just being on my phone and just mm. seeing that we signed another keeper. It's just oh, like, that. you know, it's just like, come on. Like, and as I say, ultimately, that kind of stuff, like, I was kind of just... That's why you were ready to jack it in almost. I, I, yeah, but I, it wasn't so much like jacking it in. I, it just made me kind of... I just fell out of love with the game, you know. Like, I, I I just realised that, you know, that, that it, it had got to be much more of a business than... Yeah. Well, I didn't, didn't take that moment to realise that. Like, there's no, there's no kind of personal stuff no matter, yeah. Yeah, you, like you don't get what you deserve, and I was kind of like, but obviously I, I was at Burton for another season after after that year of kind of not playing, um, and that's when it kind of like really started to go south. Um, I mean, I know you were released by Burton at the end of that season, and I mean, I know we've kind of spoken about what happened following that privately. I don't, I don't know if it's something you're comfortable at talking. I'm, I'm happy talking about it. Like, I, yeah. you know, like just been. Um, so I I remember there were, there were with with the ones that were brought in and then obviously by welcoming back fit there was like I, I think at one point it was like four first team keepers at the club yeah. and I remember just you know being being told and just kind of like yeah you're not wanted here go and find somewhere else in the January transfer window I remember saying like if I, if 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 
it's so brutal. Like, yeah, because what they do is they offer you a pay up like your contract, hmm. and like you're expected to take it, and it's just like it's just like no amount of money could ever equate to first team football. I, I know that for you know, I know you as a person, and you're not like that. It doesn't yeah, like, money doesn't matter to you. You'd rather just be playing than yeah, because like, but at that stage as well, like you know, I'm I'm twenty. Uh, 22 like ish yeah, 21 like, I, I mean I, I, I I've, I've not made enough money in the game yet like, I don't know what people kind of think that League One players and Championship players make but if you ain't like an established player you ain't making like that much money so I've not got enough money to be turning down 40% of my con- money that from my contract that I'm owed yeah. and I remember when I, when I said that like I didn't want to take that deal I and you know I wanted to kind of yeah it might have not been the best because I could have gone and got another club but like that wasn't I had like a week to go and find another club. So I, you know, it wasn't... You were immediately put on the back foot then, weren't you? It's yeah, just... so I, I mean, I, I just remember thinking, I'm not I'm not in the final situ- situation just to turn down 40% of what I'm owed. No. So I just eventually said, no, nah, I, I, I need, I, I mean, whether you like it or not, I need to stay for this last however many months of the season and then, yeah. then I'll leave, obviously. Like, and then I remember that just really, really annoyed him. And yeah. then... Um, I bet you just feel like excluded after that, didn't you? And it... well, quite literally as well, because you just get made to train with the uh, under 18s, which is, uh, I, I don't know. I, I... That's just not fair on you, though, is it at all? Like, it's not like you've done anything to deserve. Yeah. It's not your problem that they're after somebody else. You you did everything you could to, to put yourself in a position where you deserve to play for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't that. understand it because man- managers have got, you know, it, I'm, I'm, if a manager kind of wants his squad to be in a certain way, then I can kind of understand it. But I think there's there, there's got to be better ways. And I know it still goes on to this day because I speak to some of my friends that are at Burton now that are having it happen to them with a different manager. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, 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 there's got to be a better better way. And the PFA do abs- do nowhere near enough to help mm-hmm. the players in all regards for that, just on another kind of like little side note. But, yeah. you know, there's got to be another way for, for, for players who aren't wanted by a club to get them somewhere else, yeah, or get, yeah, them, get them somewhere else the, the remainder of the deal, like because it, it's not it's not uncommon practice for lads, to, as I say, to go and just be kind of like cast off with the youth team. And I mean, does that yeah. nothing for their progression or their careers? And I'm with you. I, I don't understand how they're allowed to just do that. It, it, yeah. it's probably there's something in your contract which says you know. Well, they did. You're you have to you have to train with. Um, um, you you have to train with I think it's like it'd be right in the small print though three, it? it's like, <laughs> you have to train with three other pros right something like that and so what they do what they like kind of what they do is like they, there's so many kind of ways around it like at Burton I know that a few of the coaches were, thing, yeah. a few of the coaches were registered as as players and stuff and there was another lad that was cast off for me so there you go there's your three you can't say anything kind of thing um so like, there's there's so many like little ways that they can get around it, and plus like even if there's not ways they can get around it, let's do it and then wait for wait for someone to kick up a fuss kind of thing and yeah. see if they've got the balls to do it. Um, I mean, I don't think it's just Nigel Clough in particular. I mean, I respect him as a manager, but I think you've just got to be more open minded in those situations. As as brutal as football is, you kind oh, yeah. of have to bear in mind that that individual's kind of position and. And that you know that they've done nothing to kind of deserve that, especially you know it's not yeah, like yeah. You, you've you've had a discipline here or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's literally just his choice. Yeah, and as I say, it is nothing against Clough because as I say, he's got some. You know, he's got a team to run, and he's 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 very is you know entitled to kind of run it how he wants to. 
Um, but um, and the, as I, as you said, he's not the only manager that you know will run it that way. Um, but um, there's got there needs to be um, something more there. Yeah. But like after that season, yeah, like that that was kind of the final but, straw for me. Really. I mean, I know it affects kind of so many youngsters who do not don't make it to an extent, but you know get kind of cast away. As you say and. You know, it's recently proven. You know that the, the lad from uh, from City's academy taking his own life. I mean, yeah. I mean, no doubt that was a difficult period for yourself. And obviously, I'm really open that you you know you never considered anything like that. But it's just it just shows how much of a cruel miss just football is, and that yeah. it's just absolutely brutal. And it it has, you know, it's more than football. It's people's lives on on the thing. You know, mental health is such a big thing nowadays. And I feel like perhaps a couple of years ago, more attention could have been paid to it than, than it was. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, I'm kind of lucky that I've um, kind of moved on quite well, if you know what I mean. But I know, um, and I'm sure, um, you know, I, uh, actually, I'm not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying his name, but anyway, a, a guy that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, kind of really kind of, what, what, he, uh, t- when you tout, when you kind of proclaim so high as a youngster, mm. and then kind of nothing that nothing comes of it, it's so hard to kind of mentally get around that because you go from, yeah. you know, the 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 media talking about you like uh, being the man with the fans kind of thing, and then to kind of nothing, and it, it's yeah. kind of it's a, it's a tough one to take, and I know so many players. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm kind of the brightest. Well, you know, I I I say I'm fairly intelligent, but I so I um made sure that I did everything in the college work, made sure I did everything in my schoolwork and stuff. But I know a lot of players who like naively go into football um, with absolutely nothing. They they completely toss off the. Um, the college program, they they have no plan for what they're going to do after. No plan. Like, yeah, I remember we told some stats when we when we, we were youth team players, and it's like you know the average age for retirement's like twenty. That's twenty one. You've basically got two years in the game, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it, it's crazy. You know, like the 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 structure's not really there for them to kind of cope with it after. Um, do you think it's harder as a keeper as well because it it's obviously such a, a hard thing for selection wise. You know, if you third or fourth choice keeper, you know, the chances are that the bottom two of that group aren't going to carry on that, that club. So I don't know whether you think it's any any harder on keepers or not. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it, that the, I guess you've just got to, you'll hear keepers kind of say, you've just got to kind of find your own way, uh, own way of kind of dealing with it. And I guess that is true to a certain extent, like how it's... <laughs> There's one, I've heard it so many times, you know, there's only one keeper on the pitch and stuff. And I know players that have come through as a centre mid and ended up having long careers as a a right back or whatever. So it's, you know, you can kind of change positions if you like as an outfield player. But, you know, there's however many players and goalkeepers in the football league. And if you're not one of them, then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find it difficult to have a career. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. there's, a, there's a keepers' union, I suppose, you know, which is yeah, about quite a lot, and I'm sure that helps as well. Yeah, I think that's why that you know that is a saying because you know keepers have always got to stick out for each other because you're always going to get critics that are 
extra hard on keepers. You're always going to, you know, and as well as that, you need to kind of look after each other because it's it is it is a pretty lonely place as a as a backup or even third choice goalkeeper. You know, it's um it's, yeah. it's not a place that you'd kind of even when you are the first team keeper, you know what it you 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 probably you most likely know what it feels like to be the backup. So you've got to kind of do everything in your power to stay that number one. Yeah, of course. Um, and just curious, do you look back on your time in football fondly? Are you, are you grateful for it, if, or have you not really looked back since? I mean, it must be a weird one. It's it's something we kind of all love so much, and yet it, it must be difficult for you to, uh, you know, escape in, in kind of all walks of life with it just being kind of around you constantly. How does it kind of make you feel looking back on it all? It's like that. Yeah, I've had that question put to me so many times, and I seem to come up with a different answer every time. <laughs> Um, I, I could easily talk for so long about it. I mean, I'd never ever um, do anything differently than I did in my career. Like maybe small things in terms, of obviously, like you know how you'd play in one game, but obviously you can't affect that. Yeah. But I'd never change anything in my, in my career because obviously, like it shapes kind of like where I am today. Yeah. And the people that I've met in football are some of the best people that I've ever met. You know, like I mean. I look back, I look at football now very differently because as I say, I used to spot Blackburn when I was a kid. So like, yeah, of course. So strongly and home and away and stuff. But now I just, I don't, I, if I'm honest, I have no real kind of interest in it. Yeah, yeah, because I guess when you, when you know, when you, when you know the realities of it. Yeah. You no, know, but I, it's not, it's not even so much that. Like when you, when you, when, when, for example, when I moved to Bolton, I mm. remember, we were playing, obviously we played Blackburn twice a season for a, while, for a long while and mm. we need to beat Blackburn to stay in the league kind of thing and for you to keep, to keep your job, like essentially. Yeah. Like, it kind of like doesn't allow you to support a team apart from the team that you're playing for. When you're not playing for a team, then yeah. you've kind of lost the, the, the kind of, the, um, the kind of, the determination to follow one if you know what I mean so yeah I mean I, I just I always said to people now like who do you support I just say I support my friends like that are, yeah. you know like, or, that are still playing and and kind of like want them to want them to do well right. um, but then, you know I, I know it, how hard it is to stay stay at a level that is kind of sustainable for just kind of future life really because yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not easy at all you know, I'm, I'm glad you're kind of bringing awareness to it, to be honest, because I think there's so many people who don't realise how brutal it can be until you know from a personal experience, you know, how tough it can be. Um, you know, so I appreciate you kind of just touching on that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll always, I'll always be open with it. Like, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't quite have the, um, for example, I work with an ex-Bolton player, Marvin Sordell, who does have the platform, but I'll always kind of, be open when I have kind of a platform to do so, if you know what I mean, because I think there is a lot of things that either need changing in football or um, even if it's just like a small kind of tweak of mindset and things, uh, you know, I think there's changes that need to be made to make kind of players seen as human rather than chess pieces in kind of, or like just FIFA players um, that people can kind of like, you know, like say what they want about, kind of do yeah. what you know. Like I don't, I think I feel like there's sometimes too much negativity um, directed towards 
Yeah. Times, um, because like uh, you said, it, it is a mob mentality, and like you said, you know, when yeah. you're getting it from behind the goal, it's just something that you kind of not expect, but it's yeah. you shouldn't expect. It. It's, it, it, no, no one's entitled to do that. It doesn't make it right. It's yeah, um, only so so like kind of comments of like, um, oh, if I was earning that much money, then I'd I'd be able to put up with it. But it's just like regardless of how much money that people yeah. are earning, like, and by the way, like, if you're not in the prem, then you're 100% going to have to work again in your life. So yeah, of course, like that just shows us how much money people are actually earning. Like the at, the, at the end of the day, that these people are humans. Like, sh- like I know. But when people go into football grounds, it's kind of like that seems to go out the window sometimes. But like, there's you know, there's a there's a human on uh, just like the person that's doing the abusing or whatever, and not whatever kind of abuse that is. And I, and don't get me wrong, like I, I know fans are incredibly passionate, put so much money into um, following the team and stuff like that, and there is so much emotion in the game, and so yeah. much depends on kind of football as it is but sometimes like, I feel like it definitely does go too far and with kind of like directed abuse that kind of you know like, there's always when the team's struggling there's always one or two players that the fans like this guy's effing shit you know what I mean like this guy yeah, it's just... kind of, you know like, um, it, it, it just it just yeah in, in summary it just needs to be maybe kind of thought about a bit more you know a bit yeah. a bit more compassion from from uh, the from both sides. No, of course, I'm completely behind that. Um, yeah, but yeah ju- just on an outsider's perspective, if you don't mind, um, I'm not too familiar with what the standard procedure is, but you know, obviously the lads recently at Bolton. Um, I think the season before this one, uh, obviously fast tracks, which I think is understatement of the century. You know, some as young as 16 thrown into the team. Um, you know, whilst it must be frustrating yeah. from your kind of perspective that you had to wait your turn and then all of a sudden you see the <laughs> come straight through. Yeah. You know, I mean, it obviously wasn't under the best circumstances and it's not like anyone would have been holding out hope for that. But, you know, I'm sure you're proud of the lads. Uh, presumably some of them you even know from your early days at Bolton. Yeah, um, like, yeah, I, I know a few of them. And I know um, I'm actually friends with one lad who's just moved on um, to, a, to a championship team. But I, 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 yeah, I kind of like, when all that was going on, as I say, I, as you say, like it's easy to kind of um, say, like, oh, that could have been me, that could have been me. But um, I just kind of looked at it and thought, like, you know, like what? Because it was, it wasn't like they just came in for one game either. Like they had such a kind of um, uh, kind of whole season of it, didn't they? Really? Yeah, like, such a good spell. And I remember that one game that they got. Um, was it like, was it a nil nil? You might support. Yeah, the commentary game. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that must have been so huge for. And I, I mean, I, you know me, I always look at the goalkeeper and. I've actually never, Amanda, yeah. I, yeah, I've never spoken or met to the guy, met the guy, but I remember just kind of uh, like a, an immense kind of uh, sense of pride, almost pride for, for that mm-hmm. kind of GK Union kind of feel. Um, because it, as a as a young kid, that is such a big achievement to go into League One, keep a clean sheet like that is. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that. As I say, I don't know the guy, but. If I was him, like that's something that you've always got to remind yourself, like you know, like when you wh- whatever day that he finishes, that that should be something that he takes with him, like yeah, you know, that should live with him for a long time. I'm glad you're uh, not envious of it. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm just glad you're not envious of it necessarily, you know. And you, you you look you look on it fondly, you know, and you you're kind of just happy for those guys that 
that have kind of found the way to some extent. I know not all of them are still kind of at the club or even still playing as far as I'm aware, but, you know, I'm, I'm, it was great to see that they all got their opportunity and I'm glad you did it at some stage too. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day as well, it's a great moment for the fans because correct me if I'm wrong, like, yeah, of course. That, that was in amongst a lot of losses, a lot of turmoil, a lot of changes of kind of ownership and things like that. And that was such a, I just remember kind of, obviously I saw for the Bolton um, Twitter account and I remember just kind of, such a it was such a good you know like, yeah like it, it was a nil nil but it was such a good feeling for like everyone who had kind yeah, of been of through a lot a lot of crap over the last years you know so that that was obviously another thing that I thought about like kind of it was kind of a, a release of a lot of emotion for a lot of the the fans and the people connected with the club. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's getting even better now. You know, throwing it forward to this season. I know you follow. Yeah, what, what is it like? What one point off automatic now? Off something automatic like that? now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, I know, so I know. with games, is it games in hand as well? Yes, yeah, so we've got a game in hand on Cambridge. You were second, I think. Yeah, um, we've played Forest Green next Saturday on Sky. Um, I think they've got one more game to play on Tuesday as of Tranmere. Um, and then if they both lose that and we beat them on Saturday, then we can we're, we're automatics. Yeah, it makes it even even better how there was such a turnover not only at the start of the season, then in January. Like that is so kind of hard to do. The team chemistry and confidence is such a hard thing to get, and yeah. with a huge overhaul of players um, in, um, in in the club, like. It, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so proud. And I'm good friends with um, Ryan Delaney from when it, when he was oh, yeah. in Boston, and like I lived with him for for a couple of years. And he's he's like such a nice guy. So I'm I'm re- I'm just you know I'm yeah. I'm really happy for him and obviously for that Bolton are gonna well I mean hopefully go up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm touching I'm touching wood here, but like, yeah. if they get back up because yeah. I mean I think for clubs like Bolton and Sunderland and you know the teams that have fallen off in the last few years through one reason or another. Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be great to see like a, a kind of like an old school Prem again, you know what I mean? With Blackburn back up there and, you know, like... I, oh, I miss all of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you, you know, obviously Bolton has still got a soft spot for you, you know, and, uh, and yeah. we have here as well. But, I mean, I know you follow Rovers really, not so much now, but, um, you know, I, it sounds like you are aware of how Bolton are getting on and kind of as a former yeah. club of yours and I know it was obviously a tricky spell and what have you, but... Just kind of talking on, on, on the keeper front again. Um, Matt Gilks is currently first choice keeper. He came in for Billy Krillin, who had a difficult start to life at Bolton, um, you know, making some costly mistakes. I'm sure you know better than most how something like that has kind of the potential to end your season and potentially even his career. You know, how do you kind of assess that situation and, and kind of what you make of Bolton generally at the minute? Yeah, so like kind of watching from the outside. And being able to almost relate, as I said, I don't know Crowen at all. And the only, I obviously know Jilts because he's a legend in the game. And I used to, oh. I used to go and watch Rochdale with my granddad. Um, and he was Rochdale's keeper like way back. So I, I you know, like I, I obviously know Jilts pretty, pretty well as a player. Yeah. Um, but like that kind of, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that kind of like I could relate to Crowen in a, in a, in a way. He's only young. I think he's only twenty twenty one. He's our age, something like that, isn't he? So yeah, like there's, and I mean, I I don't want to kind of tempt to quote like what the manager said or anything, but there was a few things that kind of like 
didn't quite sit right with me that for uh, for kind of Billy's kind of um, like I'm talking about long term yeah. what that can do to him if you know what I mean yeah um, because I I, I I don't know it's it's so difficult for a keeper to, a young keeper as well to come into a team or that are expected to bounce back the the fans expect so much. Um, obviously, it's a huge club, like in kind of depth of the football league, and it's almost you're almost just kind of like waiting for them to bounce back. So there's so much pressure to, um, to bounce back as well, and it's like I just I had so much sympathy kind of for him, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, like without sounding kind of horrible I, I'm, I'm so glad it's bounced back and mm. I'm, I'm not put, I'm not putting it on Krillin at all saying that like it, it was it was kind of him but obviously like since jumps have come in and a few more experienced heads have come in you know that, that results have kind of become what like the um, defensive performances and the results have kind of got a lot more solid mm. um, and I mean and I do know that defenders like we are just an extension of them if, as goalkeepers, if you're not. Yeah, okay. So like it means so much to the defenders, and they have they play with more confidence when they're confident. You know the confidence of a goalkeeper yeah. and the quality of a goalkeeper is so key into the whole of the backline because you know like as I say they 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 take they feed off your energy. You know, um, so I can see how getting a more experienced head in. And jilks would make the defenders in turn feel better, and would probably not because of like what Billy did necessarily on the pitch, but more kind of just the confidence that a, a, a jilks kind of figure brings to the team yeah. would would help them progress. And I, as I say, um, I, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm keeping up to date with obviously Bolton and stuff. I'm not going to be, but I don't know enough to be able to tell you kind of like. The, the, the remaining fixtures and kind of strength of schedule kind of thing but no, it's all right. <laughs> I know that for a fact like I've no no kind of doubt with what they have in that dressing room when I look at the team sheet compared to others in that league that if they carry on the run that they have they should have no problem whatsoever um, yeah. getting automatic like I mean I, I, how far off the, off the, off the top uh, I think it's four or five points, something like that. Five, I, I, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even see that as kind of an unrealistic goal either. Like no. now, now, now everything's clicked. You know, it's there's um, I, there's there's, I used to think confidence was such a buzzword in football. You know, like it's something that commentators use to make themselves to kind of um, as an, as an easy way to describe a team that's not playing well, like saying the word okay. confidence. But confidence is a huge thing. Like not second guessing yourself when you're trying to make that key pass or make that key shot. You know, like just letting it rip, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that makes a difference for the team. And obviously, Bolton have got that in a minute, and I, I can't see them not getting back to League One. And I, I'm just hoping uh, that you know there can be. I think even like a period of consolidation in League One, and then another push might be might be kind of healthy for the club rather yeah. than just go bang, 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 bang. You know what I mean? All the way back up to the Championship. Um, 
I think everyone's just kind of looking at League, League Two now, thinking, yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, yeah. But I, I just don't know how well we'll do in League One. Like you said, I think as long as we can consolidate, I think everyone will take that and then kind of yeah, go from there. Definitely, just keep building, just keep building on kind of what's been achieved this year and you know what the manager's got going now and the players that are in. Obviously, it's you're, you're far more likely to be able to hold on to players and sign better players if you go up because obviously, the, I'm sure if a player is think thinking. Uh, should I sign for Bolton or should I sign for like another club? Yeah, I think Bolton's going to come now. Now there's that kind of um, feel good factor, yeah. Feel good factor, and also the the another like as a as a as a player like with not knowing if you're going to get paid, that would have put a lot of players off. Now that's been sorted. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that will start to attract bigger players as well. Just like stability, really, more than anything, and, and you know, obviously, the big name as well helps, I think, too. But yeah, yeah. for sure, and the stadium, I think, like, yeah, that, that, knowing that you're going to be playing on a carpet every week rather than yeah. the bobbly old kind of uh Sunday league pitch that that attracts players, you know, yeah, knowing that they're going to be able to kind of progress their careers on a good pitch, good facilities, you know, because I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, they're still lost up, right? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, so. That's um that's a good selling that's another good selling point as well. That's a, such a good facility they've got down there. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. I'm I'm, I'm glad you uh, glad you agree with all that and that you're uh, that you're on board with it all. But yeah, yeah. Um, finally at the minute, where can we kind of keep up to date with, with your current projects? You know, is there anything you like to say uh, to any of, of Bolton or just general football fans listening on your career and and help they can help you to to progress in your current ventures? Yeah, so. Um... Uh, a year and a half ago now, once I, when I finished, um, as I say, I kind of moved on like with football. Football wasn't, I lost my love for football. And in that summer, me, Marvin Sordell, um, a guy called William Miller, who I played at Burton with, he was at Spurs previously. Um, and our friend um, all got together and we thought, we all have a huge um, passion for film and film production mainly. Um, so we got together and created um, 180 Productions, which um, at the minute, obviously it's been a tough year with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but we're, we are looking to um, produce mainly content, films, advertisements within sports, within sports kind of... Um, sports retail, that kind of thing. Um, we feel that, you know, like we can kind of give a different perspective on, um, on, on, on what it's like to be a, 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 an athlete, you know what I mean? Like, we're, so we're, you know, we're, we're looking to kind of um, really take hold of the sports marketing world, the sports um film production world, advertising, all that kind of thing. And um, basically be the guys that when, you know, your Nikes, your Adidas, your Pumas want, want, want content making for them, you know, we're, we're the guys. Um, but, we're, you know, we're doing some good work with a lot of kind of different charities, uh, making kind of content for them. We've worked with Calm, we've worked with the FA, we did an advert for... Um, with the England team for World Mental Health Day, you know we've, we've done yeah. some uh, good good stuff in a short space of time, and we're always looking to kind of take new projects on and work with new companies. Not only in the football world, you know, like and 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 kind of um, and, and, more in general, yeah, more in general. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I'm I've, on a on a personal note, I've never I've never been happy. I feel kind of a lot more in control of my future now. You know, like I, I'm 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 kind of loving it, um, yeah. no, which, which is you know, which is which is I can't ask for more really. Yeah, no, absolutely. We encourage everyone to, to go and check them out. And obviously, Harry, on uh, on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram, I believe you have. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Go, go and give yeah. them a call. Yeah, right? to, um, yeah, go and check out some of our stuff at thisis180.com. Brilliant. Harry, thanks so much. It's been an absolute delight talking to you. Appreciate it massively. Yeah, no worries, Will. Um, and uh, it's been a pleasure to come here. It's, it's, it's nice to um, to have a little kind of a little debrief every now and again of yeah no it's good to catch up just as mates and uh you know i'm podcasting in general as well so yeah yeah i really appreciate that mate thank you thanks very much to harry for coming on now just quickly on with the week's events uh no midweek game this week so it's all about what's been going on off the field Monday saw the Supporters Trust, uh, which I'm obviously on the board of, uh, announce that they will be holding a live Q&A on Zoom, that's this Thursday, uh, coming the 25th of March, where questions will be taken from the floor uh, and in advance for those who can't attend. Um, If that applies to you or you want to ask the board something, including myself, uh, then please do email inquiries at bwfcst.co.uk or just register your attendance for the Zoom call to be sent an invitation ahead of the meeting. I obviously look forward to seeing you all then, and uh, I'll discuss it further, if relevant, in the aftermath on next week's show. Tuesday was an incredibly strange day in the world of Bolton Wanderers, as a uh, as a Twitter account was set up to, to pit fans against each other to see who would be deemed the most unbearable, apparently, uh, by way of voting. Um, I don't want to give this too much airtime, to be honest, but I feel it does need mentioning briefly, as, as what occurred um, quite quickly became completely unacceptable. It was extremely abusive, unnecessary... Um, yeah, it, it just can't can't get behind it at all. I just can't understand it. Can't fathom it for the life of me. Um, the account then proceeded to run the polls, but was then quickly, thankfully, uh, suspended and then deactivated soon after. And um, just be kind, to be honest. It, it was so obvious that people's feelings weren't taken into consideration, especially with it becoming so personal. Um, beyond a joke, totally uncalled for. Um, the fact they tried to play it down as a social experiment too was just honestly so annoying. Uh, given it's quite clear that you know that was prompted only by the backlash and it would have continued had we allowed it to um, you know the less said about it the better really um, but I just want to make it clear that as a fan base we won't stand or, or tolerate that sort of thing whatsoever um, you know not now not ever anyway well Bolton hadn't played on Tuesday uh, results massively went our way setting us up nicely for Saturday's game against Walsall um, Wednesday was then somewhat of a non-event to be honest uh, besides further results going our way actually um, but yeah we'll gloss over that one Thursday was Ian Everts presser for the Walsall game where both he and his team appeared to be or at least sounded to be in good spirits and uh, were confident going into the match which is always good um, Friday was a momentous day for me personally as my pro club's team on FIFA were promoted to Division 1 my pr- proudest achievement to date um, but on a, on a less jokey note, I thought it'd be, uh, it'd be in good spirits, at least whilst the mood is good, um, in the Wanderers camp, to ask people what they thought uh, were Bolton's biggest goals of the century. Um, I think the general consensus appeared to actually favour, of course, the Wilbraham moment. Chungi said it sent us to Wembley at Brum. Um, SKD's equaliser against Bayern. Um, and I think then it was kind of a mix of the Weeds header against Port Vale. 
the Ricketts winner in the playoff final against Preston and uh, and Kevin Nolan's strike at Old Trafford all great contenders I think mine will be similar to that um, also you know, I think mine will probably include Jufi's goal against Atletico Madrid interesting discussion though I'm glad it prompted some uh, some you know fond uh, nostalgia to, 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 to come around Twitter for a bit but yeah I'm glad we're somewhat all aligned on it Saturday marked another personal landmark as I left university a year ago to the day, uh, how time flies, um, but more importantly it was match day, whilst all at home, everything had been building up to this one with, uh, with no midweek fixture, um, all the results going our way, could we take advantage? Yes we could, a hard fought 2-1 victory coming from one behind, uh, Kieran Lee grabbed the leveller throwing his head amongst the carnage uh, to nod in. Uh, I think it was an Owen Doyle rebound um, before Doyler himself then wrapped up the game with a penalty soon after. Also, we're also down to 10 just before that as a former Wanderer, Hayden White, was sent off uh, for raising his hands towards the face of Dapo Afalayan. Um Totally unnecessary, just a rush of blood and, and ultimately a turning point in the game which, which got us the win in the end, so, you know, happy days. Um, Wanderers just found themselves now one point off the automatic promotion places with a game in hand on second place Cambridge, uh, who beat third place Cambridge, uh, third place Forest Green rather on Saturday. Uh, Forest Green and fourth place Tranmere both play their games in hand on us in midweek, um, so hopefully results go our way there once again. And uh, should they do so, we have a huge opportunity to climb into the top three next Saturday, live on Sky if we can beat Forest Green. Can't wait for that one. Anyway, I think that's enough waffle from me for another week once again. Uh, thanks to Harry for joining me earlier in the show. Uh, be sure to give him and his 180 Productions company a follow. Uh, and of course, me as well at WTAWTABW everywhere and uh, WIL1J for my personal account. Uh, you can like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff on all the podcast platforms. And you can email uh, WTAWTABW at gmail.com for all business inquiries. So thank you very much for tuning in to episode 11 of Where There's a Will, There's a Burnham Way, featuring Harry Campbell, and I'll catch you next week, Sunday the 28th of March, for episode 12. Bye now.